Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. This is Talking Tourism, and I'm today's host, David Reid. And every fortnight, the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania is bringing you conversations with the brightest minds in the tourism industry. There's a really bright mind opposite me today. TICT is the peak body for tourism operators in this beautiful state of Tasmania. Each episode of Talking Tourism deals with a specific tourism-related topic with advice and tips for improving your business and getting ahead within the visitor economy. You might be listening to this outside of Tasmania, and if so, welcome, because the content of these podcasts are relevant for your tourism business wherever you are based. And today, I'm talking to Rob Cameron. And what we're going to discuss today is how to work on a business rather than in your business. Good day and welcome, Rob. Thanks for having me, David. Ah, good. You're from Collins SBA. What do they do? So, Collins SBA is a business advisory firm. Uh, we've got a couple of arms to the business. One is an accounting arm. Uh, we've got a financial planning arm. And the area I work in is really business planning, business coaching, strategic planning, those sort of areas. Fantastic. Okay. Um, what are the key things that we want to cover today, do you think? Rob, what are the key elements? Well, I guess I've got a couple of things listed down here I thought would be worth talking about when we look at the tourism industry generally and some of the the common issues I see in the industry. Uh, it doesn't apply to all tourism-related businesses, but often um, it's one of three things. The first one being getting the strategy and the business model right. Um, so how do we actually make this business work and achieve the goals that the owner has for the business? The second thing which I guess stems from that is working out which segments of the market we should be focusing on. Uh, And really that's about working out which of our customers are the profitable ones and which are the ones that we're better off not spending our time on. Um, And probably the third thing I think is worth touching on is financial controls and making sure you've got some good measures in your business so you can see how you're going and get some early warning if you need to uh, perhaps change tack or maybe some early warning that you're onto a winner and we need to double down. So they're probably probably a few of the key things I'm seeing. Thanks, Rob. Now, let's start with the first one then. Um, how do you approach uh, strategy meetings with small businesses? Um, is this... Is this too much for them to grapple with? Uh, do, do, do you find many of the tourism operators that, deal, that you deal with relatively informal about their business practices? Look, I, I deal with a whole range of business owners uh, and some business owners uh, run very sophisticated operations with uh, a lot of thinking uh, going into how they're uh, driving their business and developing their business, whereas others are more at the operational end of the spectrum and they're doing a lot of doing and they're probably delivering a great product or service, but uh, 
I guess they're they're really tied up in the doing and perhaps the business isn't working as well for them as it could be. And I suppose, um, without putting words into your mouth, but that's probably to do with scale of that business as well in a lot of cases. The bigger the business is often they have extra resources in which to um, uh, manage performance measures and other things rather than a bloke that's just running his own business with his wife who's absolutely flat out and they don't have actual time to develop, sit down and consider strategies. Yeah, scale is one factor, um, but I think there are a number of other things that go into it as well. And um, unfortunately, to get scale, you have to uh, make some smart moves along the way and be able to grow your business. So sometimes it's about stepping back from the day-to-day doing and thinking about, well, what's the most important thing I can focus on over the next month or quarter that's going to help lift my business to the next level and uh, I guess take it where I want it to go as a business owner. I mean, I'm hoping that that the words that we are listening to are terribly exciting because ultimately it's about (laughs) doing the same amount of effort and gaining better results, isn't it? That's exactly right. So isn't this terribly exciting? Shouldn't we all be leaping around saying if we can critically analyse our business and do the same amount and get double the result in whatever terms that might be, whether that's free time or dividends or money or cash, whatever it is, that's right. I leap around about this stuff regularly, David. So thanks for putting it that way. Um, and look, I guess an example of how do we get uh, a better return for the same amount of effort is pricing. And and pricing is an area that I don't think enough time and effort goes into thinking about. Um, and this is in, in businesses generally, not just the tourism industry, but certainly the, you know, again, I've come across a lot of businesses in the tourism industry that don't spend enough time thinking about how to price effectively. Okay. Well, let's concentrate on that for 30 seconds. Yep. Let, let's understand that in a little bit more depth because everybody in the tourism industry is either floating around with everyone else and watching, oh, yeah, I should be there, I should be there, or rushing to the bottom in the middle of winter because everybody says, what are you going to do today? Oh, we'll drop the price. Yep. So so let's concentrate on that for a minute and, and, and give us your critical analysis and tips about pricing, Rob. Well, I think the first thing when it comes to pricing is understanding how that fits into your business model. Um, how much volume do you need through your business for your business to be achieving what you want it to? And therefore, what level should you be pricing um, for the business to to achieve a good return? And how realistic is that in the market that you're operating in? Um, and, and what we often see is that as soon as I start saying to a business owner, you might need to increase your prices, they, they recoil in horror and say, I could never charge any more. But when we spend a little bit of time saying, well, what if we could just increase prices by 2% uh, or something small like that? Do you think you could do that? Well, you know, maybe maybe I could get away with 1%. Okay, we'll take 1%. Often the difference to the bottom line can be quite substantial, um, particularly in a business that has a little bit of volume going through it. Um, 
and sometimes they, they surprise themselves and, and pricing can go up 5%, 10% before they really notice any sort of pushback or or impact in the market, which can have a huge difference. Um, and I guess alongside that is also thinking about how you're marketing, how you're presenting your brand in the market and are there some sensible things we can do there that supports your price being at a stronger level. So... Um it's rather look like putting marketing and brand into the words of investment rather than an expense. That's right. It's it's marketing and brand is a financial lever as much as it is a client attraction lever. I think that's the second hot tip for today, don't you? That's a good hot tip, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so we've had pricing. We've discussed pricing, uh, Rob. Thank you. The, the second point I'd like to talk with you about would be these market segments and how prices are affected across various client segments. Can you can you um, can you give us more detail on that, please? Yeah. So the way I tend to approach that when I'm working with a business owner is I, I start with asking them, "What's your ideal customer and why?" And uh, and usually that results in the business owner saying, well, I really like these type of, of customers because, you know, they pay me good fees, they're easy to deal with, um, they really appreciate what I'm doing and they go away and tell their friends um, that they should come and use my product or service. So I say, okay, great. Let's Let's have a look at these customers a little bit more and let's have a look at the ones that don't fit that profile and uh, you know are there are there some things we should do to perhaps focus on getting more of the good ones and less of the ones that don't work and i guess that's really the the starting point to beginning to sort of segment the market in a sensible way so we know which customers we want to focus more on and which we're less interested in which doesn't mean we don't love them and give them good service but um, we may not spend as much effort trying to attract more of them. So, Now, Rob, that, that was really interesting about developing those customer profiles and, and understanding what is the ideal client. But you've gone to someone to say, look, you know, we might, we might need to concentrate more of our focus on this higher yielding client or a different geographic client or whatever it might be. Where do where do you and a marketing analyst start and stop? Because then you've got to develop some ideas about what the depth of that market might be and are there enough clients in that particular segment to maintain the volume that's required. And so do you do that in your business as well? Do you help with all of that marketing analysis as well? And Yeah, look, I'm not a marketing expert, so I work with um, various marketing consultants around the place. Um, may have found one more today that we need to be talking to. But uh, uh, I guess often it's not difficult to just through common sense work out, is this a market where we can do more business or are we maximising it already? Usually in small to medium businesses, there's always more than what than what you've got. So, it, it you know, working out whether we've got 72.6% market share or 83.4% market share probably isn't, isn't really the question we're asking. We're just asking, is there more if we focus on it and can we grow our business in this area? And usually nine times out of nine, the answer is yes. 
Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, thank you. We now come to the story of measurements, um, how a business actually has some performance criteria on a regular basis. So, Rob, tell us all about the dashboards that you might be inserting into people's businesses so they can have a look and see how they're travelling. Yeah, so I think before we get to a dashboard, the first thing we've got to work out is what are the measures that are really important to this business? And for example, an accommodation business, I mean, there's no question that something like occupancy is going to be a key driver of the performance of this business. So um, you'd look at that, you'd look at things like uh, average room rate or, or something along those lines, giving you an indication as to what sort of yield we're getting from this business. So again, it comes back to the business model and the strategy, what's important to this business and what are we measuring that's telling us whether we're on track or off track. Once we know what the important numbers are, then coming up with a dashboard um, is a relatively a simple exercise. Uh, in some of my clients, we just use an Excel spreadsheet um, and they just track the numbers manually. Um, in other businesses, we might use some basic uh, reporting um, software. There's plenty of them out there these days that uh, could plug into your um, accounting software, into a Zero or a MyOB, and pull some of the information um, automatically without having to do anything. Um, then we can link that in with some of the non-financial metrics, such as occupancy, and pretty quickly, you know, get a get a good measure as to how healthy the business is. Um, and it's always good to have some forward measures in there as well. Um, so that might be some of your marketing metrics around, you know, how many website hits have we had or um, how many sales inquiries have we had so that we get a sense as to how, how our prospects look over the next few months for this business, as well as how did we go last month. But I think realistically, monthly is a is a good timeline to be looking at measures. Sometimes quarterly um, is appropriate as well. But um, when people are getting out to six monthly, uh, that to me is a warning sign that you're not watching your business closely enough. Yeah, very sensible. So, Rob, um, one of the key things that we've been discussing this afternoon is a different pair of optics on a business because it's your eyes rather than the the eyes of the owner who's working in it all day, every day. Can you please give me some of the key benefits of getting some independent advice around your own business? Well, I think the first thing is um, you've probably touched on it right there, which is the fact that it is independent. So if I come into a business, I don't have any emotional hang-ups about um, any of the relationships or the fact that someone's invested a whole heap of money in something that's not working. So I can provide that sort of external view and sometimes um, I can see the forest for the trees, so to speak, and be able to quickly tell a business owner um, some things that they they may have been avoiding seeing or, or wanting to deal with for a while. So that's probably the first thing. I guess the second thing is because I do this sort of work day in, day out, I've got a good set of um, skills and tools that I can bring to the table to help the business owner work through some of the different difficult challenges they might have um, or help them think through um, some problems that they've been struggling to, to solve. And um, I guess the other thing I bring to the table is a little bit of accountability. So um, someone 
coming in and saying, hey, did you did you get these three things done that we talked about last month? Um, and the fact that they're paying me to tell them what to do is sometimes enough incentive for them to actually make sure they take those actions. Keeps so them honest. That's right. So I think they're, they're a couple of the key benefits. Keeps them um, on target. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, the other thing I've noticed is that um, floating around the table has been a, a nice little document called The Perfect Business, which you've which you've created, Rob. Um, if our listeners are able to get hold of you, are you able to flick that through to them because it's got some about 10 or 15 key elements of how to improve your business? Yeah, more than happy to send that through to anyone. So it's just a little summary I've put together of some of the key things I look for when I go to a business um, and see uh, do we have all the fundamentals in place to make this business successful and which of these elements are most important to this business. So. Well, why don't you just go through the headlines of, of each of those 10 tips because it's just a couple of words might stimulate someone to say, geez, I haven't done that for a couple of months. Absolutely. So uh, I guess the first thing we look at is, you know, what's the vision for this business? What are we actually trying to achieve? Um, secondly, do we have do we have a strategy and a plan in place? Uh, have we got the right systems and processes in the business, particularly, I guess, the speed that IT is moving at? There are some great solutions out there um, that can really help a business owner from an IT perspective. Sales and marketing is critical to get the get the right clients coming to the business. Um, making sure our products and services are um, a, a suit suitable for the market and delivering what they promise. Getting the right people, team, and culture. Managing your finance and your cash um, very critical for a business. And the KPIs and performance monitoring. So they're they're sort of the building blocks and. Making sure that it all works, we've got a couple of other uh, components. We've got leadership and governance. So who who's actually running the show and making the decisions? And do you have the right practices in place? Do you have an operational rhythm um, that sees, uh, I guess, a daily and weekly routines to make the business work? Have we got the ability to get projects done in this business and make changes? And do you have that right support community around you um, to... Uh, give you the advice um, and, and add the skills where you may be lacking. So that's a summary of that paper. I think uh, you've probably touched on a whole range of um, of um, sore points as far as a number of small businesses are concerned because I'm absolutely convinced that not everybody has got all of those things in place. Uh, the majority of the successful businesses are probably over 50%, but uh, there's always room for improvement, isn't there? Absolutely, and and no one's uh, no one's got all the skills, and that's where having the right team uh, around you and the right support can make all the difference. Mm. It seems like a really good health check. Um, okay, Rob, no names, no pack drill, no secrets. Tell us the greatest success that you've had with an intervention in a small to medium sized business in Tasmania in the tourism game that are still here, of course, to tell the story and are, uh, well, hopefully they haven't sold and are now living in luxury on a yacht somewhere in the Mediterranean. But seriously, mm. um, well, how have you – give us some examples of how you've been able to implement some of these strategies and have some great results for the, uh, for the operators of those businesses. Uh, well, look, I, I guess there's one business that springs to mind. Um, it was actually a, a – 
I guess they were largely in the retail game. Uh, so it wasn't strictly a tourism business, but they did rely a lot on tourism trade um, in their business. And really their offering was focused around attracting tourists and, um, and you know, selling goods to them. Um, but the business model wasn't clicking. So we spent some time with that business owner looking at um, pricing, looking at margins, looking at product. How do we optimise what we've got for the tourism market? And I guess the other thing that really came to came to mind was how do we get some of these tourists that are coming through, seeing the great products and services that Tasmania has to offer, how do we get them coming back and becoming repeat customers? So for that business, we actually launched, uh, I guess, an online strategy so that not only did the tourists interact with this business um, while they were while they were here, um, but they could go uh, back to wherever they came from overseas and still be connected to this business and continue to purchase the great um, products from this business. So that was an exciting one because um, I guess it really did change the business model. Um, it, it really moved us um, into the 21st century with technology. And, um, and The results were spectacular? The results were very good, yeah. So I was very happy with that one. That was uh, good fun. Good. So they've retained you for your Christmas party every year. They, they of, of course, <laughs> <laughs> very good. I'm wondering uh, about whether you want to wrap any of these things up, Rob. About any other hot tips you've got. I wrote down four things during this conversation. Um, one of them was about small pricing fluctuations can make major differences in, in, for certain people. And so even just 1% or 2% can make a significant difference. Yep. I've also been listening to you about uh, that, that marketing is an investment in some of these areas and, and marketing and brand, it's all about positioning that product. It, it's not necessarily as an expense. I thought I, I was really interested in identifying this ideal customer. So you, you can actually target the ones that are going to make the most sense to that business and Developing these drivers, which are the key elements that we've got to watch in the business that makes the most impact on the business? That's right. Okay. So what are the other tips we need? Some other hot tips. That's a good question. Um, I'm always a bit wary about hot tips because uh, every business is a bit different. Um, I suppose if I had to say, you know, a catch-all hot tip, it's work out what your business model is and what the drivers of your business are and watch them closely at least every month. So that would be my hot tip for today, David. Well, thanks very much, Rob, and um, thank you so much for coming and being our guest today. Can I ask, please, uh, how we can get hold of you? Have you got a – can you give us your website, please, and your contact details? Sure. So uh, I'm at Collins SBA. So if you look up collinssba.com.au, you'll um, you'll find me. I'm also splashed over most of the social media somewhere. So if you look up uh, Rob Cameron, uh, you should be able to find me on um, on social media. Or uh, my email address is rcameron at collinssba.com.au. And to download uh, the notes and links to everything that was mentioned, you can always go to www.tict.com.au and check all the other podcasts there as well. 
Remember, a new podcast is uploaded every fortnight on a new topic, so please keep coming back. If you've enjoyed today's show, tell some of your other colleagues in tourism and get them to take a listen as well. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in a fortnight. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism. Talking Tourism.